0: Without further ado, that's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Oh, i just leave it up there. He oh, couldn't yeah. make that if you tried that again. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Let's, try the floor.
1: Let's go. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your Friday workshop. We had a day off, which I didn't really know what to do with my hands, but now we've got two games on Friday. Brandon, we're going to have games all the way pretty much through the rest of the playoffs. Maybe if some things wrap early, which we'll talk about today, we'll have a couple of gaps in there, but we should have a lot of basketball here to go. Last day off for a while. We'll go over the games or friday get you set on best bets for all of those reminder that everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning action network app it's the best way for you to track your picks and get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on as well as trends props sides totals bets analysis futures every single thing you can think of all sorts of coverage and promos lots of promos lots of offers everything that you need to bet is over at the action network app you can find it in the app store or on Google play. As a reminder, if you like the show, please consider giving the show a five-star review. It's going to help us so much as we try and spread the word about buckets. We have more momentum than we ever have. We doubled our downloads month over month. I'm so excited about the progress this podcast has made. I can't thank Raheem and Brandon and our producer Dan Titus enough for their efforts, making some real progress. Let's keep it going. Give us those five-star reviews. All right, Brandon, we got two games in the NBA on Friday, the Miami heat travel to Philadelphia city brotherly love to take on the Sixers, Joel Embiid might play. Might. The line right now is Heat minus one. There were some places that opened Sixers minus one. It's now Heat minus one in the market. Uh, total is 210.5, down from 211. Of course, when we talk about a two zero series, we've got to look at the opportunity for the home team down 2-0 because that trend is Raheem's favorite bet in the world. Lay the numbers on me.
0: Yeah. So Raheem loves this one. Game three coming home down 0-2 in the series. That's the spot. That's the kitchen sink. Backs against the wall. Here's the numbers: 34-12 and one against the spread. That is 74% cover rate in the first half since 2005. They're 2-2 two two this year, but 34-12 and one overall. So, uh, yeah, if, if as Raheem would say, we can no longer just blind bet that one. They're starting to bake the numbers in. There are times now where the road team will be favored in game three, but the home team is the favorite in the first half. So uh, that's where we've got to start, I think, with both of these games is it's the back-against-the-wall game. Season on the line is the fight there.
1: Uh, I did look at this and see, because both of these games have very tight spreads, right? Yeah. Like both of these these teams have um really tight spread. So I want to look at first I want to look at uh, as we consider this, what this is in the second round. And then I want to look at when it's a tight spread. So here's something interesting. In the second round, actually, second round if the spread's within a point. So if it's minus one to one per bet labs, which you can find on the actionnetwork.com, uh nine and 10 ATS. This is in the set now look the second round that's like a that's a fraction of a small sample, right? But what I do kind of want to look at is if we take it beyond the first round, which is 25, 18, and one, we only get the 16 and 16 ATS. Mm. So I think one of the things that might need to get considered in these spots, while it's like they do okay, relative to maybe some of the other spots, right? I don't, don't know that this is necessarily as good. Since 2014, it's nine and six. So maybe that's a little bit more encouraging, but what I think we're kind of looking at here is I'm not sure that this matters as much when you get to the second round and the teams are just better.
0: Yeah. That's, that's when, as you said, the numbers, that's kind of how I was processing. It was like, well, maybe what's happening is that we're adding in some of those three and four seeds in the first round that are up against a slightly worse team. And then it's easier to take the game back in game three. Now, suddenly we're getting these dominant one and two seeds. Still, they're the ones going up too well. And it's like, eh, well, well actually, well, actually, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: all right. So, Heat one-point favorites, 210.5. What's your best bet for Heat Sixers?
0: I like the Heat. And I took them at the, the plus one that the books so favorably gave us when that one first opened. But I thought this through. You know me. I'm the futures guy. If you like the Heat here, if you think that the Heat are going to cover and obviously then win the game, then they go up 3-0. I know we don't really know what's happening with Joel Embiid, but if you like the Heat at 3-0, you have to like the Heat to close this out and get the sweep, I think. So my best bet at DraftKings, plus 270 for the Heat to get the sweep. I think the math is just off on it right now. The the money line for Miami is about minus 115, minus 125 at a couple of books already. It will only rise if Joel Embiid ends up not playing. We don't know yet. The last that we heard during the games on Wednesday night is that he had a hard time looking at his phone and hadn't, hadn't passed any of the, the tests yet. A lot can change in 48 hours, but that's not super encouraging. Right now, Miami's a 55% favorite in game three. Plus 270 is a 27% implied. To get to that number, Miami would have to be a coin flip in game four. That's not how this works. If you are the favorite in game three and go up 3 0 against a team, by the way, led by James Harden, you're expecting the, like, I'm not going to call James Harden a quitter, but I'm not exactly putting my faith in James Harden to come out and be like, no way. Nah, uh, uh, uh-uh. down 0 3. We're fighting for everything here. Like that, this Philadelphia team, if they lose game three, screams you know what, Joel, maybe just get healthy this off season. Maybe let's just kind of pack this in and get the roster right for next year. So heat to sweep, I think is the place I have to go here. Okay. So this is one of those yet another
1: example of how I disagree with your thought process, but you have a track record of success by just basically playing (laughs) the ROI. So if you're a better that wants to be conservative, Brennan is not for you. If you're looking for the ROI, Brandon is definitely <laughs> the play. Uh, us update, update via Gina Mizell of uh, the Inquirer. Doc Rivers did not have an update on Joel Embiid today. He said he does not expect Embiid to be involved in today's team activities. We're recording this on Thursday morning, so you're probably going to hear this Friday morning. If Embiid is ruled out, I do think it's likely here that they, they did this again where they split the difference on the yeah. spread, where I think that this is they took now like Heat were massive favorites at home, right? They were minus eight without Embiid, right? Let's move three points to neutral without Embiid gets us to five, Uh, three points on the road without Embiid that gets us to to Heat minus two. So uh, Sixers minus one initially feels a lot like, Let's take a point off in case he doesn't play, but we'll start there and we'll let the market decide. And the market was like, we don't think he's going to play. And if he does, we still think the heater better. We're moving this to one. So if Embiid plays, I'm expecting this to move to Sixers minus one, Sixers minus two. If Embiid does not play, uh, then I expected to see this move to two and a half. That sounded about right. Two and a half, three. Yeah, I think that's about what I would expect as well. Right. So if, if we move it there, because it was about it was a three and a half point jump from four and a half to eight when he was announced out, when the word came down last Friday for game one, right? So if we look at that perspective, then we've got, if it's three and a half, then I think that we do wind up at like heat minus two. I don't know that this should make a very big differential in your cap. I, I think if you like the heat, without mb you should like the heat without mb it doesn't really matter the location the gap has been just like considerable here um the heat have not played great and i don't know that the heat, here's part of the thing and this is one of the reasons why i think you're lower on them than me um i don't expect them to play great like i never expect the heat to look in, the heat are not going to wow you with how they look they're just going to grind out wins. I have, a, I have a very strong 2008 Celtics kind of vibe with them, where it was like, if you look back at those, oh, 0- and the, the, the 08 Celtics were kind of an outlier. But if you look at like the 09, 2010, 2011 Celtics, the last couple of years of the KG era, because they were conserving energy and their guys were missing time or playing themselves in the shape of Pierce, a lot of it was just like their offense was so mediocre. And then late in games, it would just be Pierce would just close you out. They play great defense, and then Pierce and KG would close you out. Ray would hit a three. A little bit of that. Like, these aren't Hall of Fame dudes, but this is a little bit of that. So I think that that really matters here. I, I love this matchup for Miami when Embiid was slated to play. Like, I think Miami is better suited to combat Embiid than any team that does not have Al Horford. I think that they are a better matchup for the, for MB than the bucks are with Brooke Lopez. I, I think that I honestly think that the way the heat play disrupts them so much. Um, now, one of the things that I think will be interesting to look at here is game two. I went a little bit contrarian. And so I played the over on Sixers team total in that game. It was 99 and a half. Brandon. Uh, the total was two Oh eight and a half. So we're up about two points there on that total. Um, I lean a little bit towards the over here with the impact of home court shooting for Philly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the other bet that I'm looking at here is similar vein. So we know Philadelphia has been missing like every three pointer. They go eight for 30 on threes, 27%, which somehow is an improvement from six for 34 in the first game So, in two games, Philadelphia shooters are 14 of 64 on three-pointers for 22%. So, Philadelphia fans listening right now are screaming at us, regression, we're going to make our threes. We're going to score like 15 or 20 more points when they go. There is some regression there. I think there is reason to hope that some of the threes should fall. Danny Green and Matisse Thiebel scored three points in 44 minutes in game two. They now have scored... 10 points in 86 minutes combined for the series. It's a problem. And like you said, Matt, when you have a guy that you're just like, go ahead, take, take the shot. We're just defending five on four. Go ahead, do your thing. You can't give Miami's defense that advantage. And we're seeing that happen right now. So I I think that Philadelphia probably makes a few more shots. Here's why I like the over even more. And why I think I actually like the Miami team over the heat scored 28 or more every quarter in game two. And other than remember game one, they had that terrible second quarter. Other than that second quarter, they've scored at least 26 points every single quarter. If Joel Embiid is back, the math and geometry changes defensively. If he's not, the Sixers defense has has nothing. They have no shot here. Downward Jordan is not it. The guy did lead all starters in plus minus for Philadelphia this game. Way to go, Glenn Rivers. But the lineup that we like, the the Tobias, Niang, small ball lineup that actually does unlock. And, and when Doc finally exasperatingly plays it, gets it's good for like three minutes before Niang picks up three fouls. He fouled out in 10 minutes. So that lineup can't stay on the court. But that it's because they can't defend. Niang can't defend without fouling in that lineup. So the Heat team total is 105.5. I feel better, if you're looking at the over, I feel better about the Heat over because they are clearing that pretty easily at 26 points a quarter other than that one second quarter that puts them to 104 right at the number. So I think I'd rather play just the heat over and then just not have to worry about will James Harden do stuff and will Philly finally make their shots now.
1: That's fair, but, uh, you know, I, I just worry that if if
0: I think we're worried about the other side on the Miami shooting that that they're going to go the other direction on the yeah. road. bit.
1: Yeah. And well, hearing the other thing is like, and Bam's been fantastic in this series so far. And I think Bam's a really good matchup for Joel defensively, but it's just going to be harder for him to score when Embiid's there. Yeah. If Embiid doesn't play, I think it's a fine play. I think honestly, you could just like just play the combined total over because I think it could be either one. I think either the Heat are going to put up like 115, 120, or the Sixers are going to put up 110, and you're still going to be probably fine there because the Sixers defense isn't good enough to hold them down to sub 100. Right without without Embiid, they can't hold him down. Uh, right. that that's probably my read is if Embiid plays Sixers over, if Embiid does not play the total over two oh two ten and a half. That's my I, read. I don't I don't want the Heat <laughs> I don't want to play Heat team total overs <laughs> because the Heat have a lot of ways they can win this game. Like the Heat can win this game <laughs> ninety to seventy. That's a thing you know. that they can that they can do. Um I do have that. like I have this modeled like regular season, I've got this two twenty. So it's like,
0: Ooh.
1: yeah, like the over screams as, as far as value goes. But that would, yeah. that would have been the same for these other games, too. And it's been, it's been a little bit closer because the Sixers offense is obviously a dumpster fire. Uh, I played Danny. I went back to the well. I was like, I'm going to trust Danny. He didn't hit the, the three-point prop in the first one. I'm going to go back to him. Nope. Doors Niang, same deal. Surely. Nope. Niang's getting open looks and can't hit him. The one I'm pissed about, Brandon, they won't give me Caleb Martin props. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want Caleb Martin props. Like Caleb Martin can play in the series. He's been good in the series. Very mad. They will not give you my Caleb Martin props. What are your prop angles for game three?
0: Uh, Jimmy Butler steals. We did that one in game one. He had a couple of steals. He's had multiple steals every single game. We're still at plus money on that one. So I like that one. What's the number? The other one, uh, plus 110, I think is what I last saw. Is it, so is it a one, one, and one and a half, over one and a half, okay. just two steals. Okay. Um. Assuming Joel Embiid is out here, do we just keep riding the Heat first quarter? Miami is plus eight and plus seven in the two first quarters. The Heat have actually won every single quarter in the series so far, except that terrible second quarter in game one. So you can play the Heat first quarter, except that that flies directly in the face of the trend. The whole yeah. trend is down 2 at home, first quarter, first yeah. half. So, But that also means we might get a better number. Race to 10, that was the play in game one when Jordan suddenly was the starting center. We know that will be the case. If, it's, if Embiid is out, Jordan is absolutely starting again. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. Race to 10 is plus money at FanDuel. So if you just want to say, all right, well, while Jordan's out there those first few minutes, can can we just get Miami to, to just get out and take an early lead while Dandre Jordan is out there? It didn't work quite as well in game two, but... Are you are you nibbling either of those early angles or is the?
1: I, I don't. I think there's a possibility Sixers come out and it's just like three 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 and it's like nine zero to start and then they like they crawl their way back into it. Um, I think if when you're in this and when you're in this kitchen sink spot, I think going, I think trusting the road team to get off to the hot start. It's I don't want to trust Philly. I'll say that.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet Philly first to ten. I don't want to bet Philly first quarter. Yeah. Um. I I don't think. I think trying to play those angles in this situation is tough where there's enough of it, but also I wouldn't bet it now. Cause again, it's just like, you have to wait on Embiid. Right. And then if it's, if Embiid yeah. plays, I think it's, then it's like, Oh, we well, get an even better number on the heat first quarter then. Yeah. But like Embiid means it's much more likely for them to win the first, yeah. to win that first quarter. If Embiid plays, yeah. Embiid comes out usually mid, mid first, but even then, it just it, it fundamentally, I think shifts. it. I don't. I personally don't want any part of that. Can I ask you about Tyler Hero and if we think that there's value just on playing his overs?
0: Yeah, I, I had that written down too. What's he got? 18 points and 20. What? 25? 23? I forget. Yeah, yeah, 25. 25 and 18. I mean, yeah, they have had no answer for it. it. That to me is an if Embiid is out play. If Embiid is out, you just take really? the hero points over. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I, I just. I know right now what we've seen through two games. I don't really know necessarily how much the defense changes with them it. It has to be better. It can't be much worse than it is right now. So I, I guess I, I don't trust Tyler hero a lot. I don't trust him to show up game by game. And also I haven't seen a number for that yet. So we're not getting this number until pretty late usually since he's coming off the bench still. Um, and he does, he's the epitome to me. I know he's six man of the year but that's exactly the sort of guy that is a shoot awesome while you're at home and the crowd is roaring and then maybe not necessarily show up on the road. Mm. Like that's that sort of a role player. So I don't want to go too crazy with it, but if Embiid is out, they just have had no answer. He's getting, he's just stepping into so many good looks. So I like it then, but not necessarily with Embiid. Do you think his number goes down if Embiid plays? Uh, I don't think much. I, that's I, going think- to be interesting. I'll tell
1: you that, like keep an eye on that. Yeah, like what? What? What do we? We don't have a prop up for now in the app. Is there a prop on the board? I haven't seen one for okay. here. Yeah. So I would say that if his number goes down, I'll just tell you if if MB plays, I'm going to be betting his over. And the reason is Embiid has to play drop coverage. For
0: sure. Yeah. Embiid
1: has like one eye, like a broken face. He's going to be wearing the mask. Poor guy. I feel so bad for him. It's horrible. But he's going to play drop. And Heroes, Heroes, the one guy that will just come off the screen, rise up, and fire the mid range. Those are just rhythm shots. So I actually have a lot of confidence in his ability to consistently get a good diet of high quality looks. So I'll probably be on hero over as well. I'm going to add that to my best bets hero, hero over on points. So to recap this game, Brandon likes heat sweep plus two seventy. Do you want the first half
0: line? I'll take, I'll take the Miami or sorry. No, I, I do not want the first half line here. Certainly not until I know about Embiid.
1: Okay. If Embiid plays, do you want Sixers first half?
0: I think I would. Play a little bit of it. I don't think I'll go too crazy on it just because I haven't seen a lot to believe in. But I think I would probably take a first quarter. I think I would just see them come out firing with Embiid.
1: Okay. Uh, if Embiid plays, I want Sixers team total over. Mm-hmm. If Embiid does not play, I want the combined total 210 and a half over. I want heroes over on points. I'm not playing any more fucking three point props for the Sixers ever again. <laughs> uh brandon likes jimmy butler steals over one and a half plus 110 and that's it for you right
0: that's about it yeah
1: now on to sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fancy league on there i use it for mine it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can win on sleeper by playing their new over under game It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's pics with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use or details. Okay, back to the show. Oh boy, Luca, 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 buddy. Oh, you, you poor sweet summer child. You you played the <laughs> Jazz and everything was so wonderful, and now you are not playing the Jazz any longer. As the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, Chris Paul was on some serial killer shit in game in game two in the fourth quarter. Just put put the plastic sheets down, got Luca on the table, and went to work. It was disturbing. It was. It, it was, I had one executive text and just said, this is the most ruthless I've ever seen an NBA player. Like it was, I, it is so rare to see a team target one player. So that consistently, even if you target players on switches, it's like, okay, one or two, you know, two times in a row. And then we'll try a different set or this guy will ISO. And then we'll come back to it. And Chris Paul was like, I am going to do this over and over and over and over and over. Get off my floor. Like, Ooh, it was absolutely ruthless. So as a consequence, um, the Phoenix Suns opened as a one-point favorite in game three, but this has moved the other way. 67% of the money, 69% of the tickets have come in on Phoenix, and yet this has moved to a pick'em. So we got some sharp money coming in on Dallas here. I guess not surprising given the spot. 218.5 is the total of open. It's up to 220. Brandon, Phoenix, Dallas, game three in Dallas. Maybe the Mavs' last stand. What do you like?
0: So this is the one where I am going to go with just that home team 0-2 yeah. first half trend. And it, it's not even necessarily that, oh, I believe in Dallas, but I didn't believe in Philadelphia. I don't really believe a ton in Dallas to win the series either. Here's the difference. Raheem will be sad that he missed this little analogy I'm going to try to pull off. Raheem's our boxing guy. I think the Phoenix Suns are playing a rope-a-dope. I think the Suns are saying, you know what, Luca? Go nuts, buddy. Throw all your punches in the first half. Do all your stuff. Run all the offense. Play all your hero ball. Get your points. Do your thing. You're going to do all your stuff. You're going to make your shots. You're going to get your threes. Guess what? We're only down two at halftime. We're right here, but you're tired now. And now that you're tired, Devin and Chris are going to just surgically take you behind the woodshed and finish the job. And I think Phoenix is just kind of weathering the storm, taking the first half punches from Luca and then just waiting to just, just put him in the blender in the second half. And so that's kind of my read on the series anyway, which means that I can feel pretty good about that read on game three, where we know that the home team is going to come out, look good. The role players are going to probably make a few more shots for Dallas. This is an extremely a role player heavy team for the Mavericks. Um, Some of those guys, you know, we've seen Bertans hit shots in game two. We saw Maxi Kleber hit shots in game one. We need more than one. (laughs) So maybe at home, Dallas gets a few guys hitting a few shots. Maybe we don't have 700 fouls in the first 20 minutes of this game, and we can actually get some of the guys stay on the court out here. I like the Mavs to take the first half lead. My question is, so so Mavs money line first half. That's my play. My question is, you know me, you know I like to go for the kill here. If my read is that the Mavs are going to win the first half, but my read is that the rope is going to leave Dallas tired, it's going to leave Phoenix hanging around, and we know how good the Suns are in the clutch, you can play Mavs' first half, Suns to win the game is plus 370. If I like the Mavs' first half, but I like what Phoenix is doing overall and the rope thing, is that the angle I should be playing instead of first half alone?
1: So I'm of two minds on it. On the one hand, I like it because instead of playing it live, when you're not going to get as good of a number, uh, or it's going to be steeper, right? Because even if they're, let's say that the Mavs are up ten at the half, mm, that's a, that's high. So they're up seven yeah. at the half, right? Like yeah. they got a seven point lead at the half. Suns are still going to be like what, plus three and a half, plus four maybe for the game, like live, like yeah, second half so. they'll be yeah. second half they'll be minus something. And so if if you just take this approach, approach, I I like it from that perspective. I also, I wind up being so busy and like caught up on, on this game and trying to track like live player props and all this stuff that I have a hard time remembering, like, Hey, remember what you were going to do. And I have a hard time following (laughs) through with that game plan. So from that perspective, I like it. I think the only concern is trying to overprogram the bets, right. And leaving yourself open, like instead of doing that, and I know you want the bigger number. Just bet both sides. Just bet the Mavs. The, like you're still getting the Suns at a pick. You're in the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns as a pick them. You will not get a lot of opportunities to do that. Like maybe as we get uh, get deeper into the playoffs, there'll be a couple of spots where there'll be dogs. But especially when they are, th- they are so much better than their opponent, you are not going to get them in a lot of spots. So, I kind of think that you should just bet the Mavs first half and the Suns on the money line. Bet heavier on whichever one you like better, and just take the profit there, and don't get cute with the parlay.
0: Yeah, that that's, you're like uh, yeah,
1: but I'm Brandon.
0: Basically, yeah, you basically just described how Matt does things and how Brandon does things. I know. So that, it's I, I don't have a I don't have any argument against that. That's just really not how I will do it. But I understand it. It's it's a, it's also a good play. I, I see that one as well. What? How do you like this game?
1: um so I feel we did great on the props we did great on the props the only thing that we missed we got Chris Paul over points we got Luca over points Devin Booker had a dime to the corner for an open corner three and it clanked and then he sat down as they broke up in the lead with like five minutes to go broke my heart finished with four assists Booker had a lot more Uh, I don't have the exact potential assist number in front of me the Mavs did change up their tactical approach a little bit because they're basically what, here's what happened. The first half went exactly according to script, except for Chris didn't shoot a lot in the first half, but he still wound up, I think with eight. He was, he was at eight at half it was either eight or 10. And I was like, okay, we're still fine for second half. He's going to get, he's going to get there. He, he breezed past it. Cause he went nuts in the fourth. Um, but the, the game plan was there in the second half. They started switching more and, because and a lot of this was like they started panicking about chris paul the mavericks i i tracked this in the third and fourth quarter they tried a blitz chris paul passed for a secondary assist to the corner for an open three they tried playing drop he hit so many mid-rangers and absolutely torched them they tried the switch he broke luka Doncic in half um they tried absolutely everything there were three possessions they tried zone the sun scored on two of them like he, he dissected everything. And I'm, I'm a little, I'll tell you, I want to talk this through with you. I'm a little, I'm kind of rattled on the props because I don't know what expected from kid. It didn't feel like kid adjusted. It felt like kid panicked, but now I don't know what kids approaching game three is going to be defensively versus these guys, which makes this harder to cap for me on the props.
0: Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at on some props. I have in my notes, be careful with Suns props, the way they're switching coverages. So you said you mentioned potential assess. We talked about that from game 1. Game 1, potential assess, Devin Booker had 17 potential and he converted that into 8. Jay Crowder had 8 potential assess. Chris Paul only had 5. Here's how it flipped to game 2. Chris Paul had 15 potential assess up from 5 and he got 8 of those. So that totally flipped. Devin Booker went from 17 in game 1 to 6 potential assess in uh, game 2. Yeah. So by the number we actually were lucky to get as close as we did to get the four and, and almost get the five. Jay Crowder was down to four, but basically back to what we would have thought. So I don't know now either. I don't know. Was game one, the outlier was game two was the second half, the outlier. We don't know because I saw what you saw, which is Dallas doesn't know either. They're not really too sure what they're trying to do here. Other than they're a team in search of answers because None of the, none of the solutions they came up with have worked yet. I want to talk just. A, I just want to take a minute to just soak in the greatness of the shooting performance that we just watched. Like we, we tend to just kind of just fly through these games and go on to the next one. The Suns had the seventh best field goal percentage in a playoff game in NBA history, 64.5%. Teams that are over 60% are 65 and 5 in the playoffs. Pretty good a way to win a game, it turns out, making 60% of your shots. Suns are the first team ever to shoot at least 70% on twos and 50% on threes. They were 36 of 51 on two pointers, 71%. They're now 62% on two pointers in the series. That is a huge problem for Dallas because their entire defense. Is not, uh uh-uh, we're not going to let you take threes. Just try to score twos on us, but you can't beat us with your twos. Bet you can if you get 62% of them to make every time. And the, the mid-range is killing them. The Suns team over is 110.5. Suns have scored a 129 and 121. We haven't said this yet on this podcast, but I think you and I both agree. If I'm Dallas and I just tried all those defensive solutions we just talked about, The only solution I come up with right now personally is none of the above. We better just try to outscore you. We better just try, and I was bummed by this. My favorite prop in game two was Dorian Finney-Smith rebounding on his birthday because I thought the Mavs were going to go small, play DFS at center, and just space it out and just try to go nuts and outscore him. He got three falls in the first quarter. I don't think they ever went to that lineup. They never had a chance to get there. I think that that's kind of the only shot at this point is just put those shooters out there, put Claver and Bertans out there, put DFS, we're bleeding points anyways. Let's just see if we can try to outscore you. So I I like either the Suns team over or the game over from that angle. What what do you think on the total here? My only thing is
1: this is another one of those where you have logic this out what you would do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true
1: and you I don't want to get into that with Jason Kidd. I can only do that if I have a real good feel for what kind of coach they are. And I don't have a real good feel for Jason Kidd. Uh I think Michael Malone in this spot, I would be like, yeah, he's probably going to try and outscore him. Uh I think, you know, Nick Nurse would be like, no, we need to really kind of muck up this game. I think Mike Budenholzer would stick to his principles. Jason Kidd, I don't know. I just no. don't know. Here's what I will say on the on on it is um one, you talked about like just wanting to appreciate something. Chris Paul has shooting 72% in the mid-range in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't have words for that. If We're you're listening job. to this and you're like, what does that mean? A good percentage is 45%. Like 45% and you're an elite mid-range shooter in the NBA if you're shooting more than three a game. Okay? The average is about 40. You shooting 40%, it's fine. You're That's why everyone talks about it being a low percentage shot, right? Like take two steps back and it's a three-pointer. A 40% three-pointer is great a 40% two point range uh, mid range shooter is fine but you're losing a point on it that's the whole conversation about the analytics thing shooting 72% forgive the pun it's hotter than the sun it is touching the face of god it is it, it is harnessing the power cosmic it is it is it is melding things with the infinity stones like it is borderline bending of reality And that's what Chris Paul is doing. Just absolutely absurd shit from the point, God. Um, So here's an interesting thing. I was looking this up because I want, I was, I was curious as you were talking about the coverages. I want to actually, actually see what we kind of ran into. The Suns went switch heavier in game two. Okay. They went switch heavier. Um, So did the Mavericks. The Mavericks went switch a lot switch heavier as well. So I actually kind of think we might want to lean towards unders on assists here. Luca had the, the prop line on Luca for assist was eight and a half. He hit eight. I don't know if they're going to bump it for home court.
0: That's it my is, only question is down to seven and a half. They, they bumped him down because he, I believe if I remember right, he had not hit the over eight and a half, the entire playoffs. And to be fair, his entire playoffs is, I think five games and his minutes were ramping up, okay. but you know, we we've said, Luca points when the Suns are winning. Luca assists when the Mavs are winning. And look, we we saw that play out. I thought in the first half too, the the Mavs were playing pretty well and scoring well. Luca had six or seven assists. And then the second half, when the Mavs kind of dried up and the Suns ran away with it, the assists went away. So I, I guess Luca's points mostly went away as well. But but uh, no, he yeah. he
1: still had a big for big. He still had that big fourth quarter because he got the thirty five on the on yeah that's the, true. Prop. So I just think, honestly, I think it, because they moved it down, it's a stay away from assists on all these angles. Like I think the assist or a stay away on CP3. I think the assist or a stay away on Booker. And I think the assist or a stay away on Luca. The, these two teams are trending towards fewer assists, more one-on-one play. I think the value remain. Now, the 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 Mavs stayed and drop on Chris Paul. Like they they did stick to that game plan for the most part in game two. They ran sixteen. Uh, of those possessions versus seven switches on Paul. It got rattly in that second half, like we talked about. I think that the most likely scenario is that they will just, but they're they're not going to blitz CP three. The one thing that you, I just don't think any coach can feel like you can do that with the way, how good the other sons are. I still think Chris Paul overs is probably the best prop play. Chris Paul points over
0: points over. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, I was thinking that as well, as you were saying it, my only hesitation is this it's the, it's the kitchen sink game for Dallas. If the Mavs take a lead and are not comfortably in the lead, let's say they're up eight points or something, you know, late in the game. Like Chris, does it, Chris Paul's points have been fourth quarter points. Chris Paul's points have been put you away points. The Suns it's close or we're ahead. I'm ending the game right now. What if we don't get that opportunity? Then doesn't that hurt? Like, I I think if you like the Chris Paul points over that you need to be betting that with a son's win because i think that those have been highly correlated because the points are coming late when he's finishing the job
1: yeah it makes sense that makes sense
0: so it's i'm a little cautious on it because this is the spot for the mouse to try to to steal a game still yeah,
1: i i would say that i think this is where things I, I think three and four is a real tricky spot if you want to bet this game on the side brand and i both think you should bet suns Yes. You, you like first half Mavs, but if you want to bet the full side, I bet. I'm going to stay away from the first half stuff. Um, I am going to bet light on Suns, not heavy. I think the Suns take one of two in Dallas. I think the Sixers take one of two in Philly. I think these are both gentlemen sweeps. I think both mm-hmm. teams have enough respect and the other teams are. I think the Suns are like, they'll, I think they'll peel off if they get a 3-1 lead. The Heat, I think will just have a bad game that's, that's where I'm at on both of these series. Like I don't yeah, like, sweep I, I think these teams are good enough to not get swept.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we said coming in, you and I both took sons and five sons and six before the series yeah. under the premise that Luka Doncic is too good to get swept. Uh, You know, the, the man has only ever lost to Robo Jordan in the playoffs. As we know, that's <laughs> the only time he's been eliminated by yeah, guys,
1: Brandon. He is not here. So I'm going to, I'm going to rant a little bit about this. Okay. <laughs> We okay. gotta stop at look, that Clippers team was real good. And we've agreed that we like the way that the Clippers <laughs> matched up with the Suns last year in the Western Conference Finals. I'm just saying, look, like, there's a pretty big gap between like this Suns team and that and also the whole idea of like Lucas only ever lost to Robo Jordan. He's only beaten the the sad jazz. That's that's the bigger takeaway. He's only beaten the sad jazz. So yeah, uh should be interesting to watch. All right, best bets. Yeah.
0: Wait, let me do one more thing here. I I tried the, the, we talked about the Chris Paul mid range. We talked about the sun shooting, everything about that, the way you and I both bet is it screams regression. It screams, okay, well, the shots are going to start missing soon. Will they? So I tried to look and I I don't know if I found an answer, but I thought this was really interesting anyway. There are five times now in NBA playoff history where a team shot 60% from the field with at least 13 threes. Obviously, there are a lot more times where there was just not much three-point volume before the modern NBA. Here, here are the other four times. And I don't know that there's a big takeaway here, but I think it's interesting. First one was 1997 Rockets over Wolves game three, which was the end. It ended the series. And in a sweep, Matt Maloney and Mario Ellie hit 10 to 3, So yay for Wolves fans. That one's not that interesting. Here's the other interesting one. Mavs Lakers 2011 game four. Think about that one. Mavs Lakers 2011 game four. Remember that one? I bet you do. Cause it was a Sunday afternoon game and it was the sweep. That was the end of, of the era for that Lakers team. Yeah. Paige Stojakovic and Jason Terry hit 15 of 16 threes off the bench, 15 of 16. Here's what I'm taking away so far from those two, those series ended in sweeps. Those are teams that like the only reason these percentages were so high is we're done. We're done. Shoot your shots. We're we already we're not even one, at two, one two three, three, Cancun. two Cancun. We're at one Cancun. We're in Cancun right now. Right here's the other two. This next one, I think you were probably at this game. 2013 Warriors Nuggets yep. game two. Draymond. This is the day after the after the David Lee game. This is the genesis of the Warriors, Draymond. correct? Yeah, Draymond played four minutes in game one. Draymond started being Draymond in game two. Steph and Clay hit nine threes. So that, that was interesting. The Warriors went on. The Warriors, did they, they won the series, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the other one was Clippers-Mavs. So another Mavs shot here in the bubble, 2020, when the Clippers hung a 154 on them in game five and then closed out in game six. So all four teams that did this won the series. Uh, both teams won the next game as well. There wasn't really a bit. uh, In fact, all four teams won the next game. The two that swept won their game one after. There wasn't a huge regression spot. It it was as much as it was, wow, crazy shooting. Also, wow, crazy shooting teams that can actually get to really good shots and make a lot of them. I
1: looked looked at performances of teams after they hit 20 or more threes in the hmm. playoffs. And this just applies as like a general rule. Um, the next game performance actually isn't bad. It's really bad in the yeah. regular season. It's actually not like it's about even in the regular se- in the playoffs. So uh, I, the big takeaway here is don't bet against, don't bet on regression. That to yes, me is the agreed.
0: takeaway. Don't that, bet on that, that's the takeaway for me too is, yeah, we, we talk about try to not catch the, the falling knife. The Suns yep. are extremely the falling knife right now. Don't try to catch them.
1: All right, let's go wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, Brandon's got first-half Mavs, likes the Suns full game. He's probably going to parlay them against my advice. Uh, I like Chris Paul points over. I like the Suns money line. Um, I like Luka Doncic points over. Anything else we got there? You You want Bridges steals?
0: No, nah, no Bridges steals. I like the look of points over Jalen Brunson points under we've been yep, on that since nine and 13. And uh, I may have to go back to Dorian Finney Smith rebounds and see if he can get my money back for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap it up for buckets. Make sure to download the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. We'll see you tomorrow as we break down the Bucs Celtics game three and Grizzlies Warriors game three. We'll have lots of content on that game on that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Leave us those five star reviews. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.